0: You're listening to the Sunday Mornings at Bear Creek United Methodist Church podcast. Each week we replay the week's sermon delivered by Pastor Leo Tyler. Bear Creek UMC is located in Houston, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at bearcreekumc.org. Can you hear me with this? But the problem is I can't hold one book and this at the same time. And I was gonna sit on a stool like Leo's done for the last three weeks, but my message is on movement and I didn't think that'd be very good. So, oh, thank you, Nancy. (laughs) This week we're gonna continue our Series titled Dr. Jesus Created to Move. Uh, this week we're gonna f- follow up with Dr. Scott Morris's book, Healthcare You Can Live With, and we're gonna focus on movement. As Dr. Morris states in his book, we're created to move. We have hands and we have feet and we have elbows and knees and joints and ligaments and toes and fingers. We are made to move. We are designed to move. In fact, we begin moving immediately after we're born. Think for a moment. We begin thrashing around very soon after we're born. We turn that into rolling over and then crawling and then pulling ourselves up, right? And eventually walking and running. All of those motions lead us to both physical and intellectual growth. In fact, Maria Montessori stated this clearly when she said, movement or physical activity is thus an essential factor in intellectual growth, which depends on the impressions received from outside. Through movement, we come in contact with external reality and it is through these contacts that we eventually acquire abstract ideas. So by moving, We grow intellectually, not just physically, but mentally. Movement allows us to achieve all the things that we achieve. The scripture gives us insight. As John Ella read for us, movement was there in the very first verses of Genesis. In the third chapter, in the eighth verse, we read, they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze. God was out for his evening walk. God created us in his image. He strolled through the garden. Physical movement is an important part of our daily requirements. We need to use the gifts of our body to move. We need to stroll through our gardens. Dr. Morris concludes in his book that we've built difficult and made it difficult to exercise. He claims that we built a society into this blockade to exercise. We live in a suburbia where you have to get in a car and go anywhere you wanna go instead of walking to the corner store. We live in houses that have three car garages so we can make sure we have enough cars to get in to go to the corner store. Or we live in apartment complexes that are so dense that you are afraid to go out and walk because there's so many cars in the parking lot. So what do we do? We get in our car, right? Or we don't go at all. According to Kay Bowman, a biomechanist, mechan, uh, and author who's known for her pioneering work in the movement movement, She says, our capitalist consumer culture is at least part of the blame for why we don't exercise. We let movement recede from our priorities. In her book, Movement Matters, she explains how everything we see is a modern convenience. A tea bag, car keys, our laptop, is actually a symbol for our way of outsourcing movement to somebody else. So think of the tea bag. We don't have to go pick tea leaves. We don't have to grind the tea up. We don't have to put it in the bag. We don't even have to clean the pot after we brew it because it's in an ice bag. So what do we have to do? Now we pull out our smartphone, tell the cooker to turn on the tea. It dings us when it's ready. And then you ask someone else to bring it to you. We've let all of these conveniences replace our ability to move. We've created other conveniences that make us sedentary. We used to at least walk to the car to drive to McDonald's through the drive-thru to get our cheeseburger. Now we call DoorDash and have it delivered and sit on the couch until it gets there. Movement has disappeared. We can't allow that to happen if we want to be healthy. Dr. Morris also states that we live in a culture that places a stronger value on the brain than it does on the body. For all of the educators that are in the congregation today, When we have a shortfall of money in the schools, what's the first thing we take away? P.E. right, because what's more important? What we learn or our health of our bodies. We've let society do that to us, but the reality is our body is just as important as our mind because keeping our body healthy keeps our mind healthy. Dr. Daniel Wolpert, who is a professor of neuroscience at Columbia, says this about the brain. We have a brain for one reason and one reason only. That's to produce adaptable and complex movements. Movement is the only way we have of affecting the world around us. I believe that to understand movement is to understand the whole brain, he says, and therefore it's important to remember when you are studying memory, cognition, sensory processing, they're there for a reason and that reason is action. Not only have we subjugated our movement to others, we've developed a long list of excuses for not exercising. Dr. Morris had a list of about two pages Here's some of mine that I use, my favorites. I'm too tired when I get home. It's too cold. It's too hot. I'm too busy. Those are really good. And we use them quite often. And we created a whole list to do that. But you need to put the excuses aside. We were not created to be sedentary. God walked with us in the garden. He gave us responsibilities that included movement, tending the garden, watching over creation. You can't do those sitting in your recliner. You have to get up and move. Recent research has provided some significant insight into the results of leading a sedentary lifestyle. Look at these numbers. On average, Americans sit 11 hours per day. 65% of Americans watch two or more hours of television per day. Only 6.5% of all Americans meet the physical requirements of work. 20% of all deaths of people 35 and over are attributed to lack of physical activity. Sedentary lifestyles are responsible for an estimated $24 billion in direct medical spending annually. $24 billion because we don't get up and move. In the U.S. alone, over 300,000 people die annually due to inactivity and dietary habits. You want to move? Those should tell us to exercise. Dr. Morris defines the advantages of exercising. Some of those are exercise and improves mood. He says physical activity gets the brain chemicals churning and you will feel happier and more related than you've if you don't exercise. Exercise promotes sleep. Increased daily exercise and movement helps with us get more consistent deep sleep, and consistent sleep improves our concentration during the day. He says exercise boosts energy. Physical activity delivers oxygen and nutrients to our whole body. And when our hearts and our lungs are doing their jobs well, we have more energy to do the things that we like to do. Exercise combats disease. It's proven that regular exercise is a key tool to preventing common physical problems such as high blood pressure, diabetes, high cholesterol, osteoporosis, and arthritis. Doesn't eliminate them, but it helps deter them, right? Just listen to Pastor Leo tell you that he took his cholesterol down by watching what he ate and exercising. Now between you and I, I've never seen him exercise, but he says he does. So, why don't you ask him for pictures for proof? And lastly, Morris says, exercise just makes us feel better about ourselves. Because when we exercise, we set goals. And when we achieve goals, how does that make us feel? It makes us feel better. Dr. Morris talks primarily about exercise in his chapter But I want to look at movement this week. I first want to differentiate between movement and exercise. So in the last couple of weeks, Pastor Leo has invited doctors to come visit with us at the, during this time. And they told us about the importance of exercise. If you stayed for the question period with Dr. Dan, you will remember that he said to us, we need to have hard exercise 12 minutes for three days a week. You remember that? Okay. If you remember Dr. Wilkerson said to us, we just need to make sure we take care of ourselves and we meet with physicians to help us do that, right? Now, Dr. Dan didn't define what those 12 minutes were of hard exercise, but I'm gonna tell you that it probably had some movement in it. So let's differentiate between movement and exercise. Webster's defines exercise as activity requiring physical effort carried out to sustain or improve health and fitness. It defines movement as an act of changing physical location or position or of having this changed. So if I were to digress a little bit back to when I was in elementary school and my teacher said to me, use those two words in a sentence, I would say, I woke up this morning with this great urge to exercise but I moved back under the covers and went to sleep until it went away. Not really, Dr. Wilkerson, I do exercise. So we wanna talk the rest of the day about movement. Katie Bowman explains the difference in exercise and movement this way. Exercise is one type of movement that due to the structures of our life can typically be done for a single daily bout. So we can only exercise once a day typically because we don't have time, or it's too cold, or it's too hot, Unfortunately, a single bout of movement in an otherwise sedentary life doesn't fully meet our needs and the requirements that we have for our bodies. Carol Welch, who is a neuromuscular therapist defines movement as a medicine for creating change in a person's physical, emotional, and mental states. So enough about exercise. Let's go for a moment with Welch's definition of movement. God built us to move. He gave us the ability to create change in our physical, emotional, and mental states by giving us that ability to move. My hope is that movement will become your form of exercise or will lead you to exercise. So let's look at some simple things that we can do each day to decrease our sedentary lifestyles. First, read a book instead of watching television. If you don't like to read, read your Bible. By reading a book, your eyes move across the page and down the page, which causes your neck to move, which causes the rest of your body to react to the movement of your eyes. When you watch television, your eyes never move. So read a book. If you watch television, keep your head your chin and your chest in a constant position, and every five to 10 minutes, move your head back two to three inches and that will release the pressure on your vertebrae. Change how you sit. All of us, regardless of how active we are and what we do, sit. It's unavoidable. For some of us who sit at a desk, it's really bad. So change the way you sit. Every hour and a half or so, do something different in your chair to change yourself from a 90 degree posture. Right? Sit cross-legged. I can't do that anymore, so some of you might be able to. Sit cross-legged. Take your shoes off right, and move your feet up and down on the floor by your chair. All of those things will help. Walk, if you work at a desk, get up every hour and walk around your office, right? Take advantage of all this wearable technology, right? My watch tells me every hour to get up out of my chair and go walk. Take advantage, get up and walk, right? Don't offload all of your activities. Walk to the mailbox. Instead of letting your dog out in the backyard by itself, put it on a leash and walk it around the corner, right? Carry the laundry to the laundry room, right? Don't let your rhomba sweep the floor for you. And if you're a parent or grandparent, play chase with your kids. God didn't create us to be sedentary Scripture contains multiple instances of God directing individuals to move. In the 35th chapter of Genesis, in the first verse, God said to Jacob, arise, go up to Bethel and settle there. Make an altar to the God who appeared to you when you fled from your brother Esau. And in the third chapter of Jonah, in the first and second verses, he said, the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, saying, get up, go to Nineveh, that great city and proclaim to it the message that I tell you. And in the New Testament, in Matthew, in the second chapter, in the 13th verse, now after they had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, get up, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. In each of these instances, movement served a specific purpose of God. In each of these cases, the choice to move was not made by the individual, but was made by God. Jacob was on the run. Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh. And Joseph and Mary had just traveled all the way to Bethlehem and are now asked to go to Egypt. But physical movement resulted in a better outcome for them than remaining sedentary. But this series is also about healing both the body and the spirit. So I wanna take just a quick moment and talk about the other movement that's important to us and our well-being. And that's the movement of the Holy Spirit in our lives. This is movement two. And it finds its roots in the beginning of Scripture, in the first verse of Genesis. When God began to create the heavens and the earth, the earth was without shape or form, and it was dark over the deep sea, and God's wind swept over the water. Just as God's movement created order out of chaos in the beginning, the movement of the Holy Spirit can create order out of the chaos we find ourselves in all the time. And in the second chapter of Genesis, we read, the Lord God formed the human from the topsoil of the fertile land, blew life's breath into his nostrils, and the human came to life. It's through the breath of God that we are created in his image and given life. It's through the Holy Spirit that we're moved to draw closer to God. It's through the Holy Spirit we are moved to walk in the footsteps of Jesus Christ to be his hands, to be his feet, and we can't do that sitting still. We're called to move. After years of ignoring my body, like 40 years, I decided to start running again. I did that for my wife and for my cardiologist. I can't stand to run. But I use my running time to talk to God. And last Saturday I was running, it was about the fifth mile, and I'm saying to God in a very one-sided conversation, and that conversation is mostly my side, I'm going, why are you making me do this? And he says, it's because it's good for your body. And I said, if it's good for my body, why does it hurt so bad? And he says, it's not gonna hurt for long. It'll be better when you stop. And I said, well, when can I stop? And then why is it still hurting? And he finally says, Ron, because I'm your father. Sometimes, no matter what age we are, we need our father to tell us it's time to get up and move. Are our bodies built to move? Yes. Is it good when we move? Yes. How do I know? Because my Father told me so. Because Jesus told me so. Because the Holy Spirit moves in me every day to remind me that I have to move. So as we close the day, I want you to do this to get ready for the week. If you're able, I want you to stand up. Nobody's able. (laughs) Raise your arms above your head. Now put them on your hips. Turn your upper body to the left and to the right. Shift your weight from one leg to the other and back. Now put your hands on the pew in front of you. And close your eyes. Spend a few minutes, seconds with God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we hear you walking in the garden. We know you want us to walk with you. We know that walking with you calms our hearts. So we ask God this week, calm our hearts. Our salvation, Jesus, call us to get up as you did the 10 lepers, or so many of the others you healed. Heal us, help us move closer to you. Let us be your hands and your feet this week. Oh Holy Spirit, blow across us, move us to a stronger relationship. May your wind blow away our chaos. It is you, oh Lord, who created who we are. This week we pray that we will hear you calling us to move to a closer walk with you. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this program. For more information and directions to our church, please visit our website at bearcreekumc.org or call the church office at 281-463-2330. You can also submit a prayer request by clicking on the contact page of our website.